You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, uh, your Friday episode. Obviously, today we will get our first Browns action somehow, some way. Uh, I'm going to get you something tomorrow. There's Maybe they're suggesting from lockdown. I go periscope. We're going to figure something out. Maybe we'll do something during the practice or right after. uh, So you get some coverage. I know everybody's excited. We're going to start to get some real football here. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, all caps, and you'll get $10 off your next order at builtbar.com. Joining me today uh, at Browns Mock Draft, Mr. Stephen Thomas. I uh, just you know, wanted to get everybody in here, kind of get some thoughts here as we're actually going to start getting to official here, team type of stuff tomorrow. Um, Steve, first things first, you know, how are you doing, buddy? How's everybody holding up on the left coast, best coast for, as most of the folks will say? Oh, you know, just taking it day by day like everybody else. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't have to delve into what's going on out there right now and, and what could be happening five minutes from now. I mean, we've got dead politicians tweeting at this point in 2020, so I try to take it minute by minute at this point and uh, hopefully knock on wood and every other good luck charm you can think of. We've got some actual football to talk about. Did you ever think after the last, you know, three, four years, however long we've been doing this uh, and we make fun of guys who get on Twitter and overanalyze uh, training camp reps and, and throws against air and say, did you ever think we would be this excited about doing that? I, I, can't, I can't wait to, to be analyzing throws against air. It, that, that's how weird this year has been. I cannot wait to fight somebody over a quarterback going five of seven through team periods, <laughs> but I'm not sure if there were two incompletions because Bill says it's a drop, but Steve <laughs> over here says it wasn't a drop. So, But trust me, I am already getting in there and throw those nasty Sounds hands. like a party, man. <laughs> Damn shit, like I'm getting a keg at this point. Um, guys, um, as everybody knows, Steve's um, obviously working with the boys over at the OBR now. Um, make sure you read Steve's stuff because he does put his personal touch on it. So, you know, you do get a lot of knowledge and you obviously get a lot of experience from Steve, you know, being a longtime Brown City fans that he is. And then there's, for me, it's always like you get to that second or third paragraph and it's like, all right, I, I haven't seen the punchline yet. Haven't, oh, there it is. And, you know, you got to stop for about 15 <laughs> seconds, gather yourself and read on through the piece. But, you know, I'm learning a lot more about the Browns history from Steve and, you know, obviously the work he's doing over there. So go ahead and check that out. Steve, with uh, obviously the news here in the last couple of days, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and I, I mean, I'm to the point now where – I have a hard time believing we're going to see any semblance of college football whatsoever. Yep. Um, the, the and especially when you, you know, you're talking about the SEC, where predominant, you know, your first round picks are usually the SEC. Obviously, you get your handful, you know, decent amount from the Big Ten, ACC. I, I think the writing is just going to be on the wall here. But this is what it makes for for the most interesting part here. Um, look, every draft is crazy, unique, weird in its own way. Um, and of course, why not? If the 2021 NFL draft is supposed to be in Cleveland, why not we go and just make it one of the strangest <laughs> ones ever? But that's the path we're going down towards now. I mean, we've got people fighting in the streets over a quarterback that's played one year at North Dakota State. And, you know, everybody's still ready to submit him as a, a top five pick, you know, whatever that may be. But this is setting up for a crazy, just absolute. And if there is no college football whatsoever, Steve, and look, we do this all year long anyway. But I mean, we're going to fight about draft prospects before there was even a college football game played in 2020 when there won't be one played. But man, we're going to go bare knuckle about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, I mean, who knows? And, and, you know, let me just say up front 
I'm going to wait, like you said, I'm going to wait and see if they actually play and then see if it goes well before I decide which conferences made the, you know, the quote unquote right decision. Everybody's always, they're already arguing, as you said, bare knuckle, uh, you know, over uh, the Big Ten and uh, the Pac-12 and all the others, uh, you know, and the last holdouts down in the Southeast, uh, all those con- those the conferences down there. Uh, I personally fall, as you know, on the side of caution uh, when it comes to lives and health. And, you know, spe- and I'm probably a little bit even more on that side because, you know, she graduated, thank God, she graduated early, so I don't have to deal with the decision. But uh, as a parent of a Division One scholarship athlete, I would be terrified. Um, just of what's going on there. But uh, like you and everybody else, I hope with, with every fiber of my being that, the, that uh, you know, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 turn out to be right. I, I hope they all are healthy and it goes on. And that's what we all want um, because, you know, people are throwing around the phrase acceptable death rate for school kids and athletes. And it's just ghoulish to me. I, I you know, what, w- how can you say, you know, let's say they go ahead and play and six kids total, you know, die or, you know, f- and five more get really, really sick. And, and that's a tiny fraction of percentage. But how can you say they did the right thing if that's what happened? You can't. It's impossible. And you won't convince me otherwise. Now, all that being said, focusing back on what you said as far as the draft process goes, dude, I, talk about I mean you and I never fall for that crapshoot stuff when people say it's just throwing darts at a, at a board but man it's a little closer to that this year um, th- than it's ever been um, because we're evaluating guys you know most of them if it goes the way we think that it looks like it's going to now on year and a half old tape by the time of the draft but also we're evaluating guys after a, a, a gap year I mean you know every year there's there's guys that missed their senior year that are in the draft and you say well he hasn't played in a year he's going to be rusty how is that going to affect him now that's going to be like at least half the, the draft so I mean it, it's crazy to think that we're going to be sitting here you know in uh, February March and, and the April run-up looking at year and a half old tape and trying to project these guys um when it, I mean, it's there, there's a there's an element of luck in the draft anyway. Look at guys like 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 Rondell Moore and Dylan Moses and Walker Little out at Stanford. That's two and a half year old tape because those guys didn't play most of last year. So I, 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 it, it to try and predict how it's going to go other than to say, like you said, it's going to be utter chaos. Um, you know, and the, the sources media that, you know, I'm hearing the league likes this guy so much better than draft Twitter or so much less than draft Twitter. Those guys, they're going to get a little more credence this year because we really don't know. We're not going to have any kind of tape to go off of. So it's going to be long. It's going to be, it's going to be like the 2016, 2017 draft cycles for the Browns fans where we were just, you know, on the clock for two straight years. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be unbelievably weird. And like you said, I, I think the one smart thing that the, the holdout conferences have done is they bought themselves more time. And if, if we are lucky and God, I hope we are uh, something comes out or drastically changes or improves or however you want to phrase it in the next month uh, that we can say, yeah, you know what? I think it's pretty damn safe to send these kids out there. But if we're being realistic and boy, do I want to be wrong, but I, I I'm with you. I just don't see it happening. I think they're kicking it down, kicking the can down the road at this point. Um, and you just think about it, you know, obviously, you know, you quarterbacks traditionally go high, um, whatever one of these teams, we're going to be in the top five, you're going to base a decision on a guy that's hoping to change the face of your franchise. 
and whether it's a Trevin, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, and not disrespecting either one of them in, in any way, but you're ultimately looking at the ultimatum that you're selecting these guys, and they have not thrown a meaningful pass in a football game that mattered in 15 months. Just, right. I mean, absolutely, you know, insanity about where we could be headed towards the 2021 NFL draft. We got more to get to here with Steve. We're going to get some of his thoughts here on the offense and the defense as we, uh, you know, begin live practice, team practices tomorrow. And for some folks that were asking me today, guys, they've already been working out on the field. Tomorrow's actual team practices, just because the coverage is starting tomorrow, doesn't mean that, you know, things haven't been going on. Um, how else do you think there was video of Austin Hooper catching a touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield? That wasn't edited, guys. So, yes, no, they've been on the field. Obviously, tomorrow is when we're starting to get to team period. Ladies and gentlemen, the highly anticipated return of Bill Barr. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. That is not me. That is the way it's written, guys. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors. Caramel Brown, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake. That sounds good. Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp. And the 12 original flavors. Coconut Almond, Raspberry, German Chocolate, Peanut Butter, Banana Bread, Mint Brown, Salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet as well. Uh, Take one flavor sample, coconut almond, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, Five grams of sugar, five grams net carbs. Guys, these are delicious. Um, I'm actually happy they are going to send us another round here. I ate through them. Then they sold out for a while, replenished new flavors, uh, new marketing strategy over at Built Bar. Fantastic, fantastic protein bar if you're looking for it. Uh, For a limited time, a free cooler with your purchase. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps. For $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Steve, now uh, we're going to you know, get to see it all here. I mean, look, I mean, Kevin Stefanski, he's been great at the podium the limited time. Uh, these Zoom sessions are fantastic. But the man was paid to have his feet on some grass and, and coach some football. And we're going to get to this point here. We're going to start to get to see, you know, the fruition here. And this is funny because, like, with all these kids who were doing schooling at home here, very similar have these Browns players. We're going to see who was phoning in the Zoom meetings here soon enough and who was actually paying attention because right. the rubber's going to beat the road, so to speak, here <clears> as the, <throat> the field tomorrow. But, Steve, some thoughts here, some guys you're looking forward to. And it, for me, I, I, I like it sounds so weird. I, I just want to see everybody just because it seems like it's been so stinking long. Um, but, you know, getting excited here to, you know, again, get this product on the road. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It, it's going to sound boring because I think this is – uh, if I remember right, this is the exact same answer I gave you when we uh, did this last time uh, and you asked what I was looking forward to on the season. <clears throat> but what I'm looking most forward to is just seeing this team, uh, this collection of talent uh, with a cohesive coaching staff. That's what I'm most excited about because with everything that we know happened last year, everything that came out after the fact and in the spring, about how dysfunctional the locker room and the relationship between the coaching staff and the players and the coaching staff in the front office and everything else that we found out was just an absolute nuclear cluster bomb of, of, of awful last year behind the scenes. They still won six games and you, 
you could easily make the case that they could have slash should have won at minimum three more, maybe even four or five more. So that, to me, speaks to the, the level of talent that they had. And they've only added to that, in my opinion, over uh, over the offseason. Andrew Barry has done a great job in the draft and free agency and everything else. And, you know, they could still be doing it. Who knows? Leary might come in. Uh, nobody knows where Logan Ryan and, and Jadevian Clowney are going to land. There's all kinds of stuff out there. But uh, just to see that team with a, a, a strategy, a, a, a vision, a you know, not calling plays on Sunday that you didn't practice all week, not abandoning the game script after one series, just the attitude and everything else, healthy weapons uh, around Baker. And they added to the offensive line. The Billings loss was huge, but they added a lot of talent uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Pretty young over there, but it's interesting to see. That's what I'm most interested uh, in watching. Um, but if you, if you want me to pick one player, uh, cause I know that's generally, you know, what you want to, I mean, it's gotta be six, uh, because his development is the key, uh, to the system. All, all the additions that they've made that we, that we've talked about are great and they are, and I'm not saying that they're not, but ultimately the success or failure of this 2020 Brown season. Uh, and he knows this, I'm not calling him out or anything. It rides on Baker Mayfield's shoulders. We need to find out if 2018 Baker or 2019 Baker is the real Baker. I absolutely 100% believe it's 2018 Baker with the experience of improving that rookie version of him. And I think he's kind of, I think he's going to absolutely ball out uh, assuming there's any sense of normalcy uh, to the season. But that's, that's what I'm most looking forward to is seeing six in his third year. Uh, he's a veteran now. He's got a system and a coaching staff around him that, you know, looks like it's just built for him. Uh, he's got improved weapons. He's got an improved wall in front of him. Um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to watch him go out and, frankly, I think tear up this league and move himself into the discussion for the upper tier of quarterbacks in this league in 2020. Uh, I, it, it's, it, I mean, it is cliche, but obviously it's what it always comes down to. Um, and I think there's you know some here, just some fire to this that makes it even more. Um, eight number one, Baker's kind of guy, always wants the eyes on himself. And he's never backed down from the strength of the position. He's never backed down the importance of it, the responsibilities of it, and, you know, has said numerous and numerous times, you can always put it on me. I am the quarterback, you know, and it has it almost relishes in it. For me, it was such a nice magical run for the three years at Oklahoma. Then, obviously, the rookie year with Cleveland. And people were, you know, still were finding reasons to doubt him. Now, obviously, in 2019, he gave folks some reason, right. and certainly these doubters, to, to bounce back up. So this is the first time where he's maybe felt he's taken some, you know, I don't want to use the word abuse, but taken some criticism that was probably deserved. So now, now you have it more where it's a little more agitated, a little more pissed off. And when Baker Mayfield feels like he's got something to prove, I think he's just <laughs> so much different of a guy. Yep. And, you know, he, you know, look, if, if he's got to get up at two o'clock in the morning because people say, you know, he, he's going out too late or he's not getting to the facility early enough. I think just the more amount of times of doubt comes on a Baker Mayfield, it just fuels him more. And that, you know, the old phrase of, you know, pissed off for greatness just drives him. And, and I really, really think that's what we're going to see this year with the correct, you know, improvements within the necessary improvements over there and were maybe ignored in 2019 vaguely because they couldn't and just didn't really have the firepower too but now those things are corrected and you know basically lighting a, a letting a match under baker mayfield's ass just never seems like it seems like a good idea if you're an opponent 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you said it perfectly. He he welcomes it. He wants the pressure on him. Like I said, I'm not. I, this isn't meant to call him out or anything. He knows this. He would be the first to tell you this. You know, some form of the phrase, it's my team, and whether we win or lose is 100% on my shoulders. You know, I mean, they go out and say we win as a team, we lose as a team. But the quarterback always wants – I, I want to be the guy. You know, in, in the late innings, you want the ball. You know, two minutes, down four, 80 yards to go, give me the ball. That's the mentality you want uh, in your in your signal caller, in your in your field general. And he has shown that – he has that, you know, over how many times that he's overcome things. And uh, I, I'm frankly, especially when you think about uh, Nick Chubb in this running game system, how much of a cushion and a help he can give Baker Mayfield. I, I am really tremendously excited to watch uh, uh, Six progress this year uh, the way I, I really think he's going to. Um, in any event, as always, the, you know, the next six months is going to be fascinating to watch um and even more so this year because of the unknown element uh that's coming in i mean we know at some point somebody important is going to test positive at 11 o'clock on a saturday we know that for a fact and if history has taught us anything it's going to be somebody really important for the browns you know (laughs) we just know that oic (laughs) is going to step in and but whether it's them or not it's going to happen at some point this year and then then it's going to cause a raging controversy and it's going to cause one team to get into playoffs or be kept out of the playoffs or you know, number one draft pick will swing on that game because so-and-so tested positive and then it turned out to be a false positive, whatever. This is the <laughs> added element of unknown for this year that none of us have. I mean, it's you're trying to pretend like we know what's going to happen five minutes from now is ludicrous, the way 2020 has has gone. Uh, trying to think we know what's going to happen six months from now is, is uh, ultimately foolhardy. And, you know, the draft process is a huge part of that too, like we were talking about earlier. Um, and let's just, you know, hope, uh, you know, nobody, you know, thinks it's a wise idea to maybe just, you know, go check out the sites in town at any point, um, as we've already seen here with, you know, one Cleveland sports franchise. Um, for me also, I think it's just going to be, you know, the way this can be manufactured. Obviously, you know, we're not going to really be able to get a firm grasp on pecking order of this skill talent. But, you know, there's going to be weeks where you feel your advantage is within the running game. Um, due to your offensive line, and you should right. be able to have your way with that. There's going to be weeks where you're going to look at the team's tape all week long and say, I don't know how they're going to cover our tight ends, so we're going to roll out and we're going to feature Austin Hooper, David Ajoku. Right. Or some of these teams, you look at some of these cornerback rooms and you're just kind of like, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, how are you going to handle the duo of Odell and Jarvis, who both on paper are, you know, right now are healthy to get Jarvis back at this point was a surprise. I mean, there were people, whether they were being sketchy about whether or not they thought week one was you know realistic, but here he is ready to go before first team practices. I just think the the handling of it and just and this has got to be where kind of where Baker's probably you know just chomping at the bit is. I mean, there's established NFL talent everywhere right now, and it's not making uh, you know making a Daniel Fell Darren Fells look like a player. It's not you know developing you know ever short Higgins into something. There's legit talent around him everywhere that's proven in this league, and I mean. It's just, I mean, Stefanski's got, I mean, how he's held himself back this long with what could possibly be there for him. I have no idea. Cause I mean, him himself, he's got to be like a kid on Christmas right about now. It's a cool problem to have after the discussions we've had uh, uh, the past three or four years, isn't it? I mean, it's- on Labor Day weekend, if we can just get three starters, this team can exactly. maybe win five games. <laughs> You're, you were talking about it and I was just sitting here bouncing up and down in my seat going, Oh my God, that sounds so cool. Um, 
yeah, it, it's the first time in a long time that you're you're looking around going there's no on paper anyway weaknesses there's no we we can scheme to the other team's uh uh gaps we can scheme to their weaknesses you know instead of trying to cover our own on offense um it, it's a it's a wonderful problem to have and you know let's hope again knock on wood everybody stays healthy and safe and everything but uh yeah, it's a nice change. You got, and I know you've done them too. As uh, getting back to the draft, you, you, this time of year we were talking about, you know, you do mock drafts on the simulators and everything, and, and in the fifth round you're still drafting starters. Well, well, now I, by the time we get to that second, third round pick, I'm like, all right, well, we don't really quote unquote need anything else. I'm going to pick, you know, uh, uh, just wild talent that's fallen at this point, or I'm going to double up on edge guys or I'm going it, to, it's, it's a very weird position to have. And you know what? I just thought of something. I, sorry to circle back to a topic we were on 15 minutes ago, but you know what the biggest thing is going to change? I just thought of this for draft season, the power that no way in hell guy is going to have is going to rise exponentially <laughs> because we have nothing to throw back at him. I mean, in August is no way in hell guys. Like this is his spotlight. We see no way he's going to be there in the fifth. And we get to say, well, let's watch the season progress. We've got a season. We've got a draft process. We don't have that anymore, but <laughs> nothing's going to change for a lot of these guys between now and April. I'm actually a little scared of no way in hell guy. Now that I think about it. It's actually funny that you brought that up. Cause I think it was, the, <laughs> it was like the second Saturday in September. And, you know, I was, I used to do them every, you know, I would do them every Saturday morning, you know, before the kickoff for games. And at the time, you know, the Browns were slated to be drafting, you know, I think it was 18th or 19th overall. Grant Delpit, safety, Louisiana State, and the mad rush of people. That will never happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It won't happen because it's going to be about 25 picks after this, guys. So, no way in hell, guy. He, he should be like, uh, remember the old the beer commercials, real man of genius. Here's to you, no way in hell, guy. <laughs> I so, see an outfit like Duffman. That, that's, how, that's how I picture No Way in Hell. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to flip it up to the uh, defensive side here with Stephen Thomas in a minute. Rolling on through on your Friday Locked On Browns. Spotify, iTunes. If you're not subscribed, uh, get your head checked. Get that one right right now. Thank you. Please, five-star uh, ratings. Always, always help the lifeline of the show. Written reviews. Again, just an absolute staple of show. Help with the growth here. Um, we're getting closer. It's, you know, we're back as of tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, so go on ahead. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Browns, iTunes, Spotify, and go right ahead and tell a friend. Obviously, Steve, the, you know, of all the opt-outs, you know, it, it's it's weird the way people label it. You know, oh, well, the Browns had the second most in the league, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but of those opt-outs, I mean, look, Drew Forbes, that's a hit. There's no way around it. Um, but you can maybe find yourself a reserve offensive lineman. Andrew Billings is the tough one, obviously. Right. And the thing is, and, you know, I love Andrew Barry to death and him talking the other day. And, well, we really have some guys we like in the room. And, da, 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 da. and you know, I'm not giving an Andrew a hard time. And, obviously, he's not going to reveal his hold card. But it's like, well, those same guys you have in the room were here. And you went and pursued Andrew Billings. Um, so my question here, I mean, you know, and obviously in on Vinnie Curry, um, you know, still trying to tinker around here. Um, I, I feel confident with one more big ugly up in this room. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, the one nice thing about it. And like you said, and we said at the time, Billings, he was one of my, you know, guys that I thought would, uh, break out this year and earn himself a long-term deal. 
so it is a big hit. Um, but unlike years past, losing one guy doesn't mean we're looking at lawn furniture, as Pete likes to say. They still got a, a pretty damn good three-man rotation in the middle there, you know, at, at least on paper. Uh, you need more than that, though. That's that's the thing. So uh, I would be surprised if they didn't bring in at least someone. You know, I, I brought up Daniel Wise, uh, who uh, was in the Cowboys camp last year. A lot of people thought he was going to make the roster. Still only 23, 24 years old, something like that. Athletic guy. If you're not going to go out and spend big money, which I totally understand if they're not, uh, and you just want to bring in young guys who may give you some unexpected reps, that, that would be one of the guys uh, that I would think about bringing in. But you're absolutely right. They need something, unless they like those deep reserve guys like Equale uh, and, and you know, the others uh, far more than, than we know. Um, you're going to need some meaningful snaps from your fourth and fifth uh, IDL at some point during the season, be it just for rest purposes or because somebody got hurt or whatever. You just you need more. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens here over the next, whatever it is, three weeks, the three and a half weeks until the season actually is scheduled to start four weeks. Um, not only with free agents, but, you know, possibly some some trades coming up. And, and it's such a weird year with COVID going on that you you can't predict anything. And the, the, the salary cap supposedly dropping so much next year it plays into it and everything else. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but the nice thing is, like I said at the top of this rambling rant that is apparently going nowhere, uh, <laughs> at least they've got a decent three-man rotation at this point. So it's not like last year, like you said, where we're scouring the waiver wire uh, on final cutdown day looking for not backups, but for guys who can start in six days. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's saying, um, you know, well, if we can get the sectional couch, I mean, now it's just, it's minimal, <laughs> it's minimal stuff because it, it, it's been ugly here. Some of these past weekends, um, now again, on this side of the ball, you know, obviously, you know, linebacker, you know, and this is, well, they're just going to play a lot of nickel and dime. Well, somebody's going to have to step up here at this linebacker position. Obviously, the shakeup of the safety rotation, you know, what's going to happen at corner after Denzel, after Greedy here. You know, some thoughts here on, you know, that, Steve, is, you know, and and as much as I'm excited about the offense, there's a lot here on this defense. And, you know, some of this new blood coming in, whether it was free agency, you know, whether it was the drafted guys, just, you know, just the maturation and just watching to see, you know, how this mesh of 25 to 30 guys bounds down into about you know 17 or 18 guys that become the functional unit that is this defense yeah uh, uh we've talked a lot about the, the the additions on the offense they added quite a bit on the defensive side too now there are a lot of questions there's some there's a lot of <coughs> uh out there uh especially in uh, in the defensive backfield and then there's there's injure uh in, injure injury type guys <laughs> health guys that you're wondering about um uh carl joseph probably being the chief among those when he's on the field, he adds a ton, uh, but you know, staying on the field has been the issue. Um, but I think the fact that he's coming in uh, as well as, um, uh, uh, Oh, I'm blanking on his name. The guy from Minnesota. Uh, Sandejo. Sandejo. Thank you. Uh, that gives uh, Delpit and uh, even Redwine. Uh, there's a lot of people that still want to see what he's made of. And I I'm with them. And a couple of the UDFA safeties that look uh, pretty damn promising actually. Uh, if you if you look at their college film, it gives them a cushion. Uh, it gives them a, a chance to 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 walk the curve, to learn the curve uh, before they're thrust in week one. Um, so hopefully those guys can at least 
uh, give those guys some time to develop. Um, I'm fascinated to see what they do, like you said, in the cornerback room, because uh, I, I think that the starting tandem is about as good as it gets in the league, assuming they're both healthy. But beyond that, it's nothing but question marks. Um, and as far as the linebacker room goes, I, I don't even know anymore. I mean, we don't, you and I, we were not huge fans of, we like the young man himself. We're not huge fans of the Mac Wilson pick, but he showed so, enough flashes last year that you can look at him at this point and go, yeah, you know what? He, th- this guy has a chance to step up and lock it down. If he, if he, I mean, he's got places to improve, obviously, but he's athletic enough and he's smart enough and he works hard enough. Uh, and then, of course, you know, uh, Goodson came in and, and Taki Taki's out there. Nobody knows what he's going to give us. There's And Willie Harvey is a guy flying under the radar that I think could step up and surprise a lot of people. Um, but we don't know, like you said, what the linebacker position is viewed at from this coaching staff and from this front office. I mean, do they care? I mean, do they do they care enough, as we've seen in some mock drafts, that if they were in position to draft a Dylan Moses or a Micah Parsons or somebody like that, would they spend a day one pick on an off-ball linebacker in this offense? I, I don't know the answer to that. I am saying it would be certainly interesting to see if they were in that position, because like you said, somebody's got to do it. And when you're talking about sideline to sideline guys like those two names uh, that I just throw up, it, it's, it's certainly very, very tempting or even a Nick Bolton. Um, uh, or a Chaz Surratt, uh, but do they value the position enough or they do they just want good enough and then they're going to cover it with the nickel and dime, like you said? I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to watch because there's a lot of moving parts uh, on that defensive side, but there's a lot of pro- uh, uh, promise on that defensive side too, which, again, is something we haven't had in quite some time. Yeah, and that's the thing because, like, the new popular mock draft thing now is just give the line, uh, Browns a linebacker. Which, I mean, if you're going to look at the roster at its face, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I can kind of say it. Um, and with Mac Wilson, look, I think the thing with Mac Wilson is, you know, even if you weren't a fan of the pick at the time or the player, the kid's going to – he's going to either succeed or he's going to die or he's going to die by trying his ass off. And exactly. that's what I think I can appreciate because everything about the young man screams he's trying to become the best ball player he possibly can. Um, no, doesn't fear there's any off-field nonsense. Look, he's doing everything he can to try to be the best player. And, you know, that is always something that's going to be appreciated. Um, and with the, you know, giving Browns the top linebacker or whatever, every month, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't honestly think an analytic front is going to flip what they feel in 10 months. Um, but if I agree. of these guys, they don't step up, they may be forced to say, hey, or, you know, there could be the, you know, caveat to it. Look, we really thought this, but what are we going to do? Go draft two more day three linebackers and see if right. this works? Or do we right the wrong here? So that's certainly going to be something interesting to see how, you know, the linebacker position plays out secondary. Look, it's, you know, I'd say corner three through six on the roster. It's going to be a dogfight and uh, you better pay attention in specials because that's going to be probably, you know, what could make the difference for any of these guys here. Curious um, guys, to see Donnie a... Lewis uh, in that uh, yes. three to six cornerback. That's a guy I know you and I never really got really, a shot. really liked last year. And, and never really got a shot um, last year. And obviously yeah. there's an emphasis here for a nickel. Yeah. And, you know, he's healthy now. He was fighting off a foot injury, which is huge for a position that, you know, the position that he for any position, but especially the position that he plays. You, you can't run right. Can't go top speed. You just can't play the game the way it's supposed to be played. So that's a guy that uh, I think another like we said about Willie Harvey, another guy uh, that last year there were three. Actually, you and I, I know we all we were simpatico. Willie Harvey, Donnie Lewis and DJ Montgomery last year in camp that were showing stuff and got hurt and who knows what they have now after a year off 
but they are guys that their names that you're not hearing tossed around regularly in the discussions about these position groups that very well could be those, you know, quote unquote camp surprise guys that we see every year. I'm very curious to watch all those three guys here over the next three to four weeks or however long it is. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, you know, getting excited folks. Um, this is now your Friday episode. So 2 PM, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all, all the Browns pages, make sure you're checking it out. Um, I will be as well. Like I said, we'll get you something afterwards or during still working on basically that right now. And after the technical issues earlier this week, so a little bit behind on the eight ball on that one, but always a pleasure uh, with Steve, obviously guys check everything off out over uh, at the OBR Steve's work over there. Uh, make sure you're following at Brown's mock draft. Um, again, it's, it's good information. It's good history. And it comes with, you know, Steve's slightly humorous slash, Oh my God, why am I still a fan of this franchise type of thing to it? So, you know, make sure you go ahead and check that out. <laughs> Um, so make sure you're following Steve, the show at Locked on Browns on Twitter. It was a back account. You guys know that. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, you follow over there. Um, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.